Austin, Texas. What's really good? Happy Monday, everybody. July 17th, 47 days till Texas football, 52 days till the NFL kickoff. Dan Campbell and the Lions versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Football is right around the corner. And it's going down today, noon to three. Fun day of talking sports with a little bit of ignorance. Ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know how I do out here. This is Chad and Zay on the horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. Listen live at hornfm.com, YouTube, Twitch. Hey, we got it all, baby. Shout out to Jacob. No, you don't hear the homie, my partner who is on vacation, well-deserved, our program director, Chad Hastings. He's in Bandera, Texas with Monkey and his lovely wife, Wendy. Hope he's having a great time. But me, I am Zay Collier. Appreciate everybody for joining us on the horn. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And it's not just me. You know I had to bring in a legend with me on this Monday, July 17th. This man is a Pennsylvania football legend, a Boston College football legend. He helped get Jeff George to be the number one overall pick in the early 90s. He helped get Ricky Williams from San Diego to go to the University of Texas and helped the Texas Longhorns win their first ever Big 12 championship. He's also a radio legend over two decades. You can hear him on these airwaves on B&E every morning, 6 to 10. Bucky Gabo, what's good, man? You did good. You did what good. You you know, you that was real. Hey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You've been working on that? Look, man, I, I, got, I got people I look up to. Shout out to Mike Hart. Shout out to Rod Babers. They're some of the best at introducing their host. And you and I talk about it. We big those guys up all the time. So it's only right, you know, Chad usually bigs me up and starts the show and stuff. So it's only right that I give you the flowers that you deserve. I appreciate that, And you're that, all man. those things, man. Thank you. I'm doing tour days now. This that, is two yeah. days for the next two days. See, okay, look. Trying to get as many of these as I can. <laughs> got to get them in here. That's that's what I'm doing. Does it really count, though? Because, yes, you're getting two of days in, which I appreciate you joining the show with yep. me today. And you'll be on tomorrow, too, so that will also be fun. But you are taking off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So, I get, technically, I get... usually you do five shows a week. Yeah, man. You're doing four. And this show only three hours to your usual four hours. So, it's a lot different. It's a little different. Oh, hell no. It's, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a little about? different. I mean, you want this credit long... about taking two-a-days. I feel you. It, it's tough. I've done two-a-days before, two, three-a-days at times. I've definitely done it. But, like, you know, when you have Let me just say this. It's always, days. it's always a pleasure to do this with you. And I, I have some things I got to try to get done over the next couple of days. But it's always a pleasure, Zay, hanging out with you. Really, I, I enjoy it. Um, I will miss it. But I do enjoy being around you, man. You are you have come such a long way in such a short period of time, and it's good to it's good to do good to do some shows, talk some sports, talk some football, some basketball, uh, talk anything with you. I, I I appreciate it, as I said, and you know I know you can't you can't be at home with Champ twenty four seven trying to get the dog all straight. You know what I mean? And I know you ain't going out in this sun. Oh no, out here. No, I'm not. I'm the only fool out there that's pretending to garden out in this stuff. All I'm trying to do is keep. There's no gardening going on. See? It's 
it's way too hot. Usually I'd be concerned with you gardening naked, but yeah. it's so hot and you need as little clothes as possible. Dude, so I is. get it. It is hot, hot. What are you doing right now? Like what? Because everything just burns anyway. Everything just gets fried. Like what are you actually doing? Well, I'm I'm sneaking some water in at 3.30 before I leave because you have to. You can't let neighbors see you out there. Big sprinkler system on. You know, things are starting to dry up. All, you know, right. And, and very soon, you know, the water restrictions are going to come if they haven't already started in places. You know, Round Rock, Georgia. I mean, that stuff is that's coming. But I think, as I say to my wife, we got a 50% chance of rain at the end of this week. And the temperatures the following week will be in the 90s. So, for the next couple of days, 104, oh, 105. Yeah, and I got to get my And I got to get my golf in this week, once a week. So, see, in them days that you off, you got to get it in. Hopefully you get an early tea time. I don't know about those. I don't know how to – the bones don't get up then. You know, that's what my problem. What do you mean? Stretch. No, man, no. No, stretching. I don't want to stretch. That's just wasting energy before you go play <laughs> golf. That's like going to hit balls. Why am I going to hit balls? I want to hit balls when how I go you, out there to play. How are you going to be a former coach and not believe in stretching? I mean, like how practice? does that make sense? I wasn't a good stretcher when I was a player. That was That was to find out what was going on and – Days of our lives and the soap operas when we started, we wouldn't we'd be talking about the girls on campus. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was stretching before practice started. Just was not a very good. I mean, to your defense, I've just been watching Bill Walton's documentary and his coach from the Trailblazers. Like he came in and made the guys stretch, and they act like it was just a new invention. Like, this stre- is '77, so I'm, to your defense, stretching hasn't been around that long. Like, you Man, know, like not like good stretching. Not like good stretching. Yeah, not just, like it was, what matters. It was just gabbing at that time. Right, right. But yeah, Bucky. but thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. You know, tomorrow, I mean, you do when my, my when my partner's gone, you're always there. I don't even have it. I don't have to ask twice. You you come in there, you and old ass Monty. <laughs> so it's always good. It's always good. Yeah, absolutely. To so return the favor. Absolutely, and I appreciate you, Buck. You meant so much, you know, in my early career, just producing you and E and that show, so legendary. And, yeah, man, I love you, and you're like the big uncle that I've always wanted. So, yeah, I appreciate you coming on with it's me. too bad I couldn't be that crazy drunk uncle. <laughs> I'm glad you're not that. I'm glad you're Or you could always back. have Ty. You could have that crazy drunk cousin. What is this? Why, why <laughs> are we bashing Ty? What's what crazy drunk cousin? That's my man. He'll be on with me on Friday. There you go. Yeah, he has a good time. He's young. He's 25. He's supposed to be living it up. What were you doing at 25? Uh, getting ready to have a family. Oh, coaching, stop. Coaching football. That might be Boston true, College. but you were also living you know, it up. Oh, I was it, living it up. And that booze a little hard, I too. Was, I was hitting it heavy. Getting yeah, ready yeah, getting exactly. Getting ready to have a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was hitting it hard, but I tried to grow by, at least I tried to grow by the day. That's true. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're a changed man. You're a changed oh, man. it feels good. Well, all right, man. Well, you know, last week, but we were up there, Big 12 Media Days, and we know all the love the Texas Longhorns are getting right now. How was Dana Hogerson? He was cool. Yeah, he, he was cool. Yeah, yeah. When he Is got he cool them close, yeah, he was cool dude. Hair slicked back and stuff. He got, got a you know big ass forehead and stuff. He, he got a bald that, spot. Yeah, he, he has a bald spot, but he's at the point to yeah. where like the mullet it, it works. You know, because he works can't just too. shave his head. Because that, nah, you know. I don't know how he'd look good bald, but he's holding on to whatever he has left. He had a you know nice snazzy jacket on. He he was ready to go. But um, yeah, Big Twelve media. I think he day. still lives a single life. Hmm. I don't think Dana Hogerson has a family. I, I think he's been living it up, living it up for a long time. So 
Yeah. Hard not to get. You know, and once you get used to that at his age, ain't happening. <laughs> ain't happening. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, all you have is football. I mean, it's so hard. Like, you know, of all people, like, how do you balance a family and also, be, like, trying to be the best college football coach you could be? Because there's basically 360 days you're working. Yeah, I'm making up for that stuff as I grow older now, not being around my kids. I try to do the best I can with my kids and my grandkids living all over the place. But it's it's hard. You know, you think about it, you, you, you tend not to seem that you can get those days back, but you really, really can. If you work at it, you can get those days back. Right. And, and, and your kids understand what you do for a living. They have to. That's why they live the good life. Yeah. You know, because you spend that time, you make, you make some sacrifices, and, and it's good and it's good for them to understand how much hard work can do for you. But, you know, you're not around them a lot. And so you're trying to make up for it. You know, remember those five years when I was running around, playing around with Ricky Williams and mm-hmm. talking to Priest Holmes and Howard Griffith and all? They, they want to know, man, you couldn't spend that time here. No, I had, I had to go do my job. That, right. was, my, that was my job. So. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's, not, it's nice, man. It's nice being a – it's nice being a – a, a granddad now, you know seven seven grandkids. Seven seven grandkids. Wow, wow, and that's without two sons being married, which I wouldn't wish that on anybody's daughters. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying? That's from, that's the girls. That's girls only. Those are two girls only. Well, you gotta treat Kyle and AJ like I'm that. Sorry, man. You man. raised them boys. Yeah, like you know, everybody deserves to find love. Come on now. Eventually, I found it. You I, found it. Yeah, I found it twice. <laughs> And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, yes. I'm very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Very, very fortunate. So this Texas football team, Buck, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, in a way, he's under a lot of pressure. I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat like, you know, Neil Brown or even Dana Hogerson, even though he signed that contract till 2027. But with all the expectations, how deep this roster is, now you're in year three, first year, 2021, you go five and seven, second year, 2022, you go eight and five. And even though you didn't have Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson in that Alamo Bowl game, that's a game that you should have won. And, that you know, that's kind of the feeling that you had all year long when you played against Texas Tech. You, they should have won that game. Oklahoma State, you know, they were there to win that game. And even TCU, with those guys going to the national championship, they were right there. So Steve Sarkeesian, he's, you know, under a lot of pressure before the Horns go to the SEC. And he said last week, just straight up, we relied too much on our running backs last year, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. And Chad and I talked about this before he left on Friday. And that's a head scratcher for me, Buck, because – other than the last two games of the season with Kansas and Baylor, I didn't think Bijan Robinson and Roshan mm-hmm. Johnson got the ball enough. I thought the ball was put into freshman Quinn Ewer's hands a little bit too much. There was a little bit too much trust there. And, yes, we know Steve Sarkeesian, he is a former quarterback going back to his BYU days, and he does like to let that thing fly. Yep. But when you have – both of those guys who went to the NFL, Bijan Robinson, a lot of people are picking him to be rookie rookie of the year, which that's obvious. But again, they didn't get the ball like they should. And then you have Sark making this comment. That's just very interesting to me. Yeah, I think it was more of the comment was, you know, more coach speaking. We didn't we we didn't do, and that's why we had to rely so much on on the run game. But he wants the football and 
every coach will tell you they want to be balanced, but his deal is to throw it because he can score quicker that way. Some would say, you know, you can hand it off to Bijan and score quickly that way too. And that happened a lot for him last year. But he wanted that they, they, because he wasn't as successful throwing the ball, he felt like he relied on the run game way, way too much. I mean, just the simple things of throwing the ball and getting it around. He couldn't do, they couldn't, there were times when they couldn't do the simple things, you know. They have a fantastic young tight end that, when I, I said it at the end of last year, I said it beginning of this year, if you get that, if you get Sanders involved early, he'll be involved late. He's the guy that you can start to lean on a little bit more. But, you know, he was he was a very average blocker. But late in the games, he was just a guy in the way because you didn't throw the ball to him. You didn't keep him engaged enough. There is, there's not a tight end, I don't know, in football these days, whether it's Pop Warner or whatever, even if they use a tight end, that just wants to be a blocker. He wants to be that guy. Right. You know, we talk about him being maybe one of the best tight ends, uh, high draft pick, one of the best tight ends in the country. Well, he ain't gonna have any numbers, right? You, you got to have the numbers, which means you have to have him engaged. You have to make him that guy. And I'm, it doesn't matter to me that that guy can that guy if, as big as he is and athletic as he is early in the games. I don't mind running a. I don't. I don't mind him coming back around and I'm handing the ball off to him and him running with the ball and getting me four or five, or maybe more because he's an athlete. He's not just a tight end blocking guy or guy who can get downfield. He's an athlete. He's a big strong guy. That hell, if he falls forward enough, you're gonna get three four yards of him falling forward. So make him think, even if you don't think that he's part of it, because you like to throw it way down the field to those guys that drop him every once in a while and, to, and catches him every once in a while, make, make sure that he is involved early. So in his mind, mentally, late in the games, if you got to go to him, he's going to do, do great things for you, not only in the pass catch, catching part of it, but the run blocking part of it. Yeah. Because he was just an average run blocker. He was, he was not a devastating. You know, he, and he's worked hard for two years to be a really good blocker. He's just in the way. Right. Yeah, and that was his first like full year right. starting and I think when you have guys as good as Bijan Robinson, you kind of think that okay, I'm going to necessarily go half ass, but Bijan I don't have to make devastating so blocks. Yeah. yeah. Bijan covers so much up for us, you know, I don't have to exactly make those devastating blocks, but you know, JT Sanders, I love what Sark said about him in Big 12 Media Day. He said if he could bring six players, he would have brought JT Sanders, and that kind of shows his growth and leadership to where I think he knows that last year he was a so-so blocker. He had his moments. Well, yeah, now now that you say that, I mean, uh, Sark said the same about Jordan Whittington. I love this kid. I love this kid. Okay, then throw to him. Remember, I mean, he he talked about when he first got here, he was the kid that he loved, but that first year he never hardly threw the ball to him. I mean, if you love him, throw him 80 passes. Yeah. That's how you love him. Yeah. And let him know how much you love him by getting him the ball. And last year, he should have probably caught about 85 balls. Yeah, definitely. You know, but I, I'm, buying, I'm buying Sark stuff this year. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm buying, I think, in year three with the people that he's had around him and now the people that he's surrounded, not only great recruiting classes, but other coaches that he's surrounded himself with. You know, Gary Patterson, the coaches, the, the coaches that he has right now, I mean, he's taking advantage of, if you can have these coaches for a couple thousand dollars, have them all. Have as many as you can, as many as you can afford. I think I think he's going to learn an awful lot. I mean, you got Paul Chris from Wisconsin. If that guy can't help you with the run game, he's used to big big offensive linemen, downhill running. You got a guy like that. Use those guys. And I think Sark learned a lot from Gary Patterson, even on both sides of the football last year. You know, to tell him some of the things that you aren't doing that I see on defense, how we stop you. So I. I like it for him. I, I think this is his year to really mature as a head coach is this year. Uh, 
even though he's got some talent now. There is talent all over that football field. Right. And that you say it all the time, the talent should just it'll outweigh the coaching. Outweigh the it'll, coaching. It will eventually. Yeah. It will. But this is this is a year where his coaching should come to the fore. I, I think Steve Sarkeesian should win two football games himself. And I still believe that when, when it's all said and done, we'll get around to it. And at the end of the year, we'll say, that guy just won that game. For, that head coach just won the game. Haven't been many of those where you heard just said, Sark won the game this Saturday. No, what you hear is, you know, if he would have done this and this, this one series, they would have won the game. But there comes a time when a coach has to win you a game. I think he'll win two. And, and that's going to get you nine or ten wins, I believe, this year. Yeah, definitely looking for double-digit wins. For sure. When you think about Sark and his coaching, in the second half, he's had some serious issues. First half, the script's good. Everything, everybody's clicking. Everybody's, you know, working together, and they're putting up mad points. There are a lot of times where they went into halftime with over 30-something points. Then you come out of halftime, and they might score seven or three. Yeah, well, this is the maturity. Mature. I mean, he hadn't been a head coach for a while now. He's been a head coach. But lately, you know, people would say his record is what he is. You know, he's a 500 football coach. But I think now in year number three, you're going to, you know – you're going to surpass that. You're, you just have too many quality people around you, I believe. And, and he's, not, he's not a dumb guy. You know what I'm saying? He's smart enough to quit drinking. Right. Right? I mean, he's smart enough to overcome some things. Absolutely. So this is now his time. Yeah. And in year number three, I think this is – everything seems to be in the right place, I believe. Yeah, there's so many weapons. Oh. The only real question mark is the running back room. And you talk about Paul Chris coming from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Definitely helping the room. Who do you think, because second game of the season, you're going to Alabama. Even though they have their own um, quarterback issues, like you have, they have like a three-man quarterback battle, which I know that drives Nick Saban absolutely nuts because he's never really had those problems. They got Tyler Butcher, the transfer, Jalen Milrow, then they got Ty Simpson, who's a redshirt freshman. Now, we all probably think that Jalen Milrow will be that guy sure. just because he's so damn talented and he's so fast. You know, he could do a lot for you, but just them having the competition alone, you've got to have confidence if you're Texas, if you're the Texas football football team going up to Alabama and you're thinking yeah. about the running back room for the horns it will be a, it should be established by then or you'll definitely figure it out or once you know, leave Bama. Yeah, once you leave Bama you'll know where you stand because you're either going to get stoned or you're going to I mean it's not going to be one of those okay days. It's going to work one way or the other and I, and I think they have the kind of guys up front to handle it. I just worry about the atmosphere of Tuscaloosa. They right. they haven't been in that. I mean they haven't been in that in the Big 12. I mean, they've been in some good games, but they've never been they've never been in a place like that before. And no matter what kind of team Nick Saban rolls out, it's a different atmosphere when you roll into that place. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it, it really is. I've, I've been there with a Boston College team that, that has won football games in Tuscaloosa with, with Doug Flutie before. So it's just it's a different it's a different place. That that SEC environment, that whole environment there is is totally different. And you're going to be looking around after you thump rice in the face here, but you'll be looking to see who's peeing down their leg when you get to Tuscaloosa. And you'll, you'll know in the first couple series who's strong, who's not strong. It, and they're going to be coming at you. They, they come at you for four quarters. They don't have the times when they take off. Either they're just not talented in a position, but Nick Saban doesn't let you. You're not going to get a blow here because it's the fourth quarter. They're still coming at you in waves. They just do that. They do that on their special teams. They believe in scoring all the time. Now, do they have the horses to score? I don't know. We're not there yet. Right. I know this. 
it'll be different. It'll be different for Texas to, to go there. So that, that first game, that's mud stomping time. And everybody else that they play, they should do that too. There's nobody, I don't think there's anybody in this conference. I mean, I, I, you're not going to get a break leaving, leaving the Big 12 for the last time. You're going to get hosed. Oh, yeah. You're going to get hosed. You're going to get hosed somewhere. Oh. That Oklahoma State game always comes to mind where they had about leave no 50, doubt. zero uh, penalties and stuff. Yeah, you're going to get hosed somehow. You have to leave no doubt in the games that you play in this conference this year. Yeah. Leave yeah. no doubt. Don't have the officials know, I'm sorry, we're up by three scores. If, if we're up by three and we lose, then that's on us. That's not on the officials. They can't screw you that much. Absolutely. So it's But when you play, you have to leave no doubt in this conference on the way back, and on the way out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Buck, and what's so critical when you go to Bama, because like you said, there's going to be some dudes that are going to be pissing down their leg a little bit, sure. you know, shaking like a little dog, but to have guys like Jaron Thompson in the secondary that have played a lot of meaningful football games, to have guys like Jalen Ford, who got hosed for 2022 Defensive Player of the Year in the Big 12, he has a chip on his shoulder, because again, he just got hosed, and on the offensive side, bringing Jordan Winnington back. Like, yeah. you hear Sark and you hear Quinn. You were can saying, you make a play in that place? Exactly. You can make a place here. You can make plays here in Austin. Yeah. But are you able to make those kind of plays when you're on the road in Tuscaloosa? That that will be it. And and I think I think the fans will know that before halftime. Are we in this thing, or is this Alabama team just not that good? Right. You know, or, or, or is the Texas team that good? I believe they're that good. I, I'm like I said. I'm buying Sark. I'm buying. I'm buying offense. I'm buying. I definitely buy this this secondary and defense. I think that's going to be one of the better secondaries in the country. If they get enough pressure on any quarterback, this is going to – they've got a bunch of hard-hitting guys that, that play good defense. Not, and, and I think they have guys that will pick the ball, they will intercept the ball, but they have guys that will come through the alleys and stick you. Yeah. So those teams that used to get the perimeter, and that's what they did last year. I, th- I thought they played so well and the safeties played so well, coming up, making form tackles, not needing four or five guys behind them to make the tackles, but making the tackles themselves, you know, uh, that's big when you're on the road going to a place like Tuscaloosa. Can your guys make the one-on-one tackles? Now, they did a good job of fitting. Everybody fit pretty well. When one guy missed it, the next guy would be there with Ford and everybody with the way they play last year. Can they take that to Tuscaloosa? Right. Can they take that on the road on, on, on against an SEC team that's used to winning at home, used to winning, period? Not used to losing more than two games oh, you see, in a you, given year. You see how Nick Saban's been acting? He's been bitching about everything. Ever since his former assistant, Kirby Smart, went back-to-back at the University of Georgia, he's had a problem with everything. He don't think NIL's fair, this and that. Like, everything's an issue. Like, dang, Nick, you've won a lot. Like, what you complaining about? We're about to go to a 12-team playoff and stuff, so you're going to have you're gonna an even better op- yeah, You're going to sneak in and have an even bigger opportunity. He sure. was mad that they didn't get in last year, and then they took their anger out on Kansas State and beat the brakes off them in the Sugar Bowl. Like, Nick, you need to relax, you know? And I get it. He has a quarterback battle. But, yeah, they should go in with all the confidence in Tuscaloosa. I can't wait for that. It's going to be a big-time game. We got a lot going on today. Bucky Gabo in the building with me. Chad Hastings on vacation. I like where he's on vacation. What? Is, what? I like Bandera. Bandera, Texas is a really beautiful... Oh, you like where he's at? Okay. I like where I like it. I mean, if the lake's got water in it, which I don't know about this time of year, yeah. there's a beautiful lake out there. I mean, there's little lake homes out there. And you know me, I like to go antiquing and doing all that little weird stuff like that. It's a great, great area. Yeah. It really, really is. I, I like Mandera. Yeah, you should enjoy it. Just go back, 
kick back, relax, don't oh, yeah. worry about anything. You know, Kuna Matata. Yeah, Chad works hard, and he does such a great job here for the Horn. He definitely deserves a week to relax. But Bucky and I will be back, talk a little bit about DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Tennessee Titans over the Patriots, and we'll talk about maybe why he signed with the Titans over the Patriots. Bucky Gabo in the building. I am Zay Collier. This is Chad and Zay on the Horn. Chad and Zay. Welcome back, Chad and Zay. Chad Hastings on vacation for the week. I am Zay Collier, Bucky Gobble in the building. Where were you when this came out? Uh... Are we gonna get? Where are we gonna go here? It's probably like eighties, early eighties, early eighties. Yeah. I was at, I was at, I was at uh, Illinois. Okay. Champaign, Illinois, trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Get to Texas as quick as I could. <laughs> you know, we had um, the other day. We had Howard Griffith on from the Big Ten Network. You know, he is. Um, we were talking today about Northwestern, and Howard didn't. Jeez. Howard said that he had never. And he's been around now. That dude is from the heart of Chicago. He's heard it all, seen it all. He's an adopted young man, two-time Super Bowl winner, wrote a book, graduated from college, you know, has a son that's played major college football at Notre Dame. And he said, Buck, I have never heard anything like I heard on the practice field there, the way they talked to each other, the way those kids talked you know, at Northwestern. He said, it's not just that whole hazing incident, the way, the, the way that's all that's unfolding, the disgusting thing that they're doing there. He said... If you heard that, and I said, I wouldn't be able to hear it. I was at a Catholic school. They wouldn't, you know, Yeah, I'd, I'd get slapped in the back of the head. a lot of oh, no. talk. Oh, dude, I had, I, had, I had like little, you know, graduate assistants that would come over and say, Buck, shh, shh, shh. There's father such and such walking around in the corner over here by where you're <laughs> father. probably. Father. You know what I mean? Right. So I'd be, I'd be cussing, and they'd be saying, hey, shh, shh. You're, you're a little bit, it's a little bit loud. There ain't that many people. There's nobody in this stadium here at practice, so. I'd have to cool down, but he said they talk to each other like you've never heard players talk. I'm not talking about over a, trying to get one guy back, but the language between what happened on defense and how they were talking. And, the, and he said the head coach is just egging it on. Fitzgerald? Yeah, just hey, go ahead. Talk like that. I mean, they were mothering people up and down. Just the kind of language you're like, really? Yeah, some people think that stuff's tough. That's no. not tough. Uh, you know, no, like I, I, it's not. I like my ignorance. I like my pettiness, but there's a line. And well, I guarantee you your dad did. That. Your dad didn't hear that stuff Ooh, at practice. No, no. He, he wouldn't stand for that. Oh I mean, no, CC did not play that. Those are one of the first things I I would do. I mean, when I first started coaching, I mean, I know young people have a different lingo, the way they talk and the way they talk about people and women. I was at Illinois and Texas, man. The first thing I did. They would come into a meeting. They'd be talking about women on on campus and stuff. Uh, yeah. And I'd be like, "Man, how'd your parents raise you?" I said, "I got two daughters. You don't don't talk to me. Don't don't say those kind of words about 
a female in front of me like that. I said, go take that back to your dorm yeah. with your guys. But if you're in a meeting with me and, and, and you're talking about a female, she better not be anything but your sister, sweet lady, mother, or whatever. The other words you use, not up in here. I mean, I had a hard time with that. I, I mean, I, that certain things that I, I couldn't, I mean, because I wasn't a big cusser. I mean, I was, I was your basic coach cusser, but I, I wouldn't cuss anybody out. The only time I got real mad is when, when a guy I thought fell asleep in front of a meeting. I started yelling at him. Oh, and, that's so disrespectful. Yeah, well, he had narcolepsy, so. Oh, okay. And you cussed him out? Well, I got sick. I mean, it's, well, I didn't know. As a matter of fact, I had to, uh, As a matter of fact, damn. he was from Fort Worth. And, you know, I told you a story. He was from Fort Worth and never been tested in high school. And he got to college, and he, w- he would just kind of nod off in my meetings. Well, one time he was dead out. I mean, I'm right in front of him. He was dead out. Bam. Face down in the playbook. <laughs> and so I looked at him, and, and I started. I got right up in him and started yelling at him. And then. Probably spitting and stuff. I, oh, no, I spit. And he said, <laughs> Coach. It's all right, but can you not spit on me? I mean, it was all over the forehead and everything else. But I said, have you ever been tested for narcolepsy? Because in high school, they, were, they would call him this lazy dude. He'd stay up all night. They'd be saying things that weren't true. He got, t- he got tested at the University of Texas and found out that's exactly what he had, narcolepsy. Who was that? Jared Coleman. Okay. Graduated from the University of Texas but had narcolepsy, never been tested in high school. But they said things about him at that high school and people called him lazy and, and, and said he was, you know, staying up all night and stuff. Right. Got to me. I'm like, I think this dude, this dude's got narcolepsy. You ever been tested? Tested him here. He had it the whole time. whole time when people said he was lazy or whatever, wasn't. Just had that disease. Wow. Boy, but when he went out, man, I've never seen a fool go out like that before. Yeah. I mean, he could be. That could be that's a little scary. I mean, you go two minutes into talking to him, and if it got quiet, I mean, you Boom, there was his head. His head hit the his head hit the desk. I'm like, what is wrong with you? So how did y'all go about it? Like after they tested them, did he take pills or something? Well, or? they, you know, you mean then you had to teach him in a different kind of way and stuff. He had right. to do some extra stuff. He had to get there a little bit earlier. Cause he wouldn't fall asleep when there was because the rest of them were fools all around him, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Whispering and uh, He's out. He's out. Fuck. He's out. Fuck, look, look, he's out. I'm like, come on, Just man. Just childish stuff. Just childish stuff. Yeah. Being bad, man. No, I'm I'm all I'm all Sark now. I'm all Sark this year. Go ahead and get the championship. See now I'm now you're drinking that Kool Aid pretty well, hard. Huh? I'm just saying, get to the championship game because anything can happen in a championship game. Get us get us there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have people that are saying, but why do you keep saying get us there? You need to win it. I said, just get me there first. You got to get there first. That Go schedule ahead. a little thick, man. It's tougher than you think. You see Joey McGuire talking crazy, talking about even without Tyree Wilson, their first-round edge rusher, their Joey defense Mag- a lot, might be better than Joey, what it was dude, last Joey year. Joey McGuire will be into his fourth quarterback by game <laughs> six. They always are. Hey, but he don't care. He literally said we have the best quarterback room not only in the Big 12, in the nation. Joey McGuire was talking crazy last Thursday in that devil red jacket that he was rocking. So, hey. Hey, it, it runs through Lubbock. He said that too. No, it runs through Austin. If you want to do a pose off, Joy, I'm with, I'm with you. Get the pose off. You need to do a pose off. Our guys can pose off now. Oh, yeah. You talking about the quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get in a pose off with these guys here, Joey. <laughs> that game is going to mean something. That mean, that game. Absolutely. That but, game in the Baylor game will mean something. Yeah, Baylor the game, the, the first Big 12 game of the season, and Texas Tech, the last game of the season. There's it, definitely going to be a lot to play for. Well, you know what? 
they can win them all. But like I said, just get to the get to the championship game. Get back up to Dallas. I mean, to Arlington, and ju- and just see. Yeah. Because like I said, anything it's a championship game, and anything can happen in a championship game. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But I'm, I'm 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 on I'm on the Sarg bandwagon in year three. It's that time. It is that time for him. Yeah. Because he's done everything else right. I mean, he's he's got the faculty behind him. He's got you know he's got administrators behind him. He was recruiting like nobody's business. I mean, that dog, that dude can talk. He can talk a hungry dog off a meat wagon now. He and his staff, they go into the house. It's over. And if they get your ass in June, it's really over. I don't know what they tell the moms because, you know, you got to get the mom. for. I don't know what they tell mom in June. Yeah. You think L'Oreal goes with them sometimes? Because that, that should help. When you see her, like, okay, this Sark with her, obviously he's a These smart coaches man. Wives, obviously he's well, doing the coaches' well. wives must do a great job when those parents get on this campus. When they come here. When they're around, oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's a big deal, too. Oh, it is. Nobody talks about that. No, it's a big deal, the, the people that you surround yourself with. You know, you have to, you've to. you got to be able to convince them, too. That's where your son or your daughter's going. Max wife's very involved. Oh. Like Brown? Always. Yeah. Sally, the cookies and everything else. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Sally held it down. Probably does in Chapel Hill, Mac Brown at North Carolina. But but moving on a little bit to the NFL, big story that happened uh, over the course of the last 24 hours. DeAndre Hopkins signs a two-year, $26 million deal with the Tennessee Titans over the New England Patriots. And I've been seeing a lot of funny memes on social media about – Aging future Hall of Famer wide receivers who have their careers ended in Tennessee because of the lack of quarterbacks that they've had over the years. Andre Johnson, Randy Moss, and now Julio Jones, which at the end of the day, father time catches up with everybody. So those guys being at the end of their career, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is at the end of his career. I think this is a good get, but they have a quarterback battle in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and now rookie quarterback Will Levis. Would I have chosen this over Mac Jones? I don't know, Buck, but DeAndre Hopkins doesn't seem like a Belichick guy. Well, he also knows Bill O'Brien. That's it, too. You're I mean, exactly so, right. We can say all the great things you want about Bill O'Brien when he had the offense, you know, down with the Texans. And, but there's something that may not be right with Bill O'Brien and Hopkins. You know, when he's the head guy, he may have been, no, there's other things you don't know that I know that I don't want to go deal with it because I don't know what would, you know, I would, I'd rather be back with Mac Jones than – in, in New England. So I would I. Yeah. Well, and, and still, how good is Derrick Henry still right now? I know he's still, he's still a beast. Until he's on crutches, he's still a beast to me. Yeah, he turned 29 today. Today's his birthday. If you tell me there's, he's got no problems with his feet right now, I think he's still one of the great backs. And one of the, he's still one of the great backs of all time. And if he's healthy enough, and the, it's the quarterback. You know, the quarterback's going to make the wide receiver. It's not going to be the running back. It's going to be what the quarterback is. And if Tannehill can – Throw the ball accurate enough, stays healthy enough. D Hop can help them. I mean, they're not. I don't see them going anywhere. But he, I mean, since they lost Brown, since they lost AJ Brown, can you imagine having those two on the same team? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a tough loss that the Philadelphia Eagles benefited from. But D Hop's not taking them. D Hop's taking the money. But that, but that's if you're DeAndre Hopkins, he's probably yeah. looking at AJ Brown situation like you know how these wide receivers are. But I'm better than him. Like, A.J. Brown, if I was in Philly, then DeAndre sure. Hopkins probably thinks they would have won the Super Bowl. You know, that's just how those wide receivers think. So, DeAndre Hopkins going into Tennessee, 
okay, if A.J. Brown did this with that, as in Ryan Tannehill and the quarterback situation, like Vrabel, he's been there. We know he's a good coach. And that AFC South is pretty open. Yeah, it's up, it's a, it's up for grabs. I mean, it makes them better, but I don't know. How many how, – does it make them play off better with Jacksonville hanging around? See, that's the thing. Young yeah, team like Jacksonville. See, that's the thing. It might not be as open as you think. Because Jacksonville getting to the playoffs last year, adding Calvin Ridley. Oh, they're going to be go better. along with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. They're definitely going to be better. Just, while, while we say let's just knock on wood for the Titans and their quarterback stays healthy and Derrick Henry stays healthy, Jacksonville is already healthy. They're scary. And, and, yeah, and they've gotten better. <laughs> I always forget about them. I don't know why. Trevor Lawrence, he had a really good season yes, last he did. year. And – He's starting to look like that well, for a big guy who, who guy had, the year before didn't get coached. Yeah, Urban. Yeah, yeah he I mean, he up. went a whole year without getting coached. Right. So I thought he did pretty well last year. I think he'll be, even be better. I think they'll win that division anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. DeAndre Hopkins, two-year deal with the Tennessee Titans to make the AFC South a little more spicy. Let me ask you something, Zay. Let Go me, ahead. When you were up there at Big 12 Media Day, did you when, – when, when you saw Quinn Ewers – Body language. I thought he was. I thought he was okay. I really thought he was pretty good. You know, I, I don't. All that, all that haircut stuff is out to me. I don't yeah. give a crap what he has. I don't care if he had a wig if he was playing well. Nobody would care. But he just looked like a guy who who was ready for all the questions that came at him. I, I like. I like when a guy's willing to sit up there and answer all the questions. I thought he did a good job of that. He wasn't kind of hemming and hawing about the questions. He just knew that he had to be much better in order for this team to be much better. I think he likes the fact that this is a lot going to be on his shoulders this year. Yeah. Which is kind of cool to see. Last year, he looked like a guy, I don't want this on my – no, no, no. Let right. me hand it off to Bijan. I don't want this on my shoulder to throw this ball down the field. I want somebody else to take this load. That, that, that was the mother load that was on him last year. But listen to him talk right now and answer questions. It looks like he's got the big, broad shoulders right now, and he's ready to take that on. And I don't think that has anything with the, the haircut and all that. It has to do, but it does have something to do with being in the weight room, being around more around your players, and the second year around these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's never been healthy. He wasn't healthy last year. He took that shot against Alabama. Wasn't so the same. He knows that he had to get stronger. He's done that. He's holding himself and the rest of his team accountable, and that yes. goes with him being a leader because you're right, Buck. Like last year when you have all those guys, Demarion Overshawn, Roshan Johnson, B. John Robinson, they were the leaders on the team. So right, he, he did, didn't have, he didn't want he didn't, he didn't want that on his shoulders. Yeah. He, he, wanted, he wanted to pass that on to those guys. Here, I'll hand you the ball. Show me, leader, yes. what you can do. And they and they did that. Like you even know? Hudson Card was maybe a bigger leader sure. in a way just because he was an upperclassman and, you know, he was there in Sark's first year. But Yeah, if I'm him, I want this stink on me now. Put it all on me. I'm ready. Yeah. And I thought he did that. I thought he handled himself really well up there. Yes, I, I completely agree. Quinn yours, just his whole – you know, he just has that confidence and moxie that mm -hmm. you need to be an elite quarterback. And if he has a really good year, you've been seeing all these NFL scouts talk about this guy could be oh, yeah. a future first-round pick, and that's the you know aspirations and expectations that we had for him coming into Texas, being one of the highest-graded recruiting quarterbacks ever from everybody on three sports, oh. rivals, et cetera, like ESPN. Everybody had Quinn Ewers as one of the best uh, quarterback prospects they've ever seen. So let's just see if that all comes together in 2023. But we will be back. Bucky Gobble in the building. I am Zay Carr. This is Chad and Zay. Chad Hastings out for the week. But we're still getting it cracking here on the horn.
Chad and Zay. Welcome back, Chad and Zay. Chad Hastings out for the week. I am Zay Collier. Bucky Gottbull is joining me today as a co-host, and we're having a blast. Buck, what you know about that McFadden and Whitehead? Yeah, that was that was my basement parties down in the basement music right there. Your parents let you have parties in the basement, oh, or was this when you oh I could, got you could, your own crib? Dude, you couldn't. Yeah, when I got my own crib, you okay. couldn't have a, you couldn't have that in my house. I had there was eight kids in my house. There was no party. <laughs> I lived plus I lived in I lived in the attic. Okay. I, had, I cleaned out right. the attic. I had to go up three floors to get to where I lived. And you weren't allowed up there. Nobody could come in there. That thing was locked. The minute I went there, the door was locked. So what stage of were you at like what age were you at when you were having these parties in the basement? Oh, I was junior, senior high school. Okay. Oh what? Yeah, I was yeah. So you were having them at the crib. I was well, yeah, I mean I was but that was that was other. That's when when school was out at other schools. Cause my dad was a teacher, so he was off to school. My mom was gone. Oh, day parties. I had day parties. Oh, okay. No. Oh no, we used to have parties at my house when the when the school. I just my dad taught taught at public school, but there was one time when I thought everybody had off, and it was oh no, my my aunt Lois came from Delaware, and I had kids in my house at like eight eight thirty in the morning. My dad had gone gone out, and I'm like. Well, he got school. Right. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody's off. I'm like, the hell is he gone here at 8 o'clock in the morning for? My, my Aunt Lois came from Delaware. I had kids up in my mom's room, up in my dad's room, oh, upstairs. Wow. This is going to be a party early. This was, this was junior, senior lovings. At, you know, I'm like, oh, this is going to be ugly. My Aunt Lois knocked on that door and walked in my house, and kids were scattering out the back door and stuff and coming out of windows. I had I had some fun times. I had, I had some good times in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I was a bad, bad, crazy man. I was, I was a little bit Sound crazy. like you were living, though. I was living. I was living on layaways today. <laughs> I was living on layaway, brother. That was, the, that was the junior year that my mom had brought me a, a beautiful, I always wanted this one called a secret squirrel jacket. It looked like uh, if you were a spy, it had all these zipper spots and all this stuff. And I was so, so crazy that time. I got that destroyed. On New Year's Eve, because I thought, you know, two Colt 45s ain't gonna hurt anybody. Secret what jacket? I called it a secret squirrel because it had little squirrels, okay. sparks, and destroyed that jacket. So that 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 same year, I went out and put a leather jacket on layaway. <laughs> Dude, I put I put this jacket on layaway at the store that was down right down the road from where I live, across the bridge on Broad Street. There, I forget the name of the store. And how much did it? A jack, that thing was about $150. And so I had to probably put down, I'm going to say 25 a month, you know, on this jacket. <laughs> Dude, it took me, uh, the, by the time I paid for that jacket, the, the summer had gone through. The winter had already gone by. And it was coming back to the next summer. And I know that girl that, that would see me coming in there, she'd go, oh, here he comes. Yeah, here comes black come, ass coming here again. Come, here he comes. <laughs> you think you got every, you think you got $25? What's he gonna do? What is he gonna tell me? Oh, I got fifteen. I'll give you the other fifteen next next month, dude. I it took me like a year to pay for the jacket, day. And by the time I got that jacket and I took it up to Boston, they said, "Man, you can't wear this jacket up here." Yeah. You little country bumpkin from Bethlehem, PA. Don't you? My roommate said he was from he was from the Bronx. He said, uh, okay, you so are, he, was, he was a little hard, huh?" Well, he said, "You are not going out in that leather jacket." He said that that leather jacket was three years ago, four years ago. 
you can't come up here to Boston from from Don't a little old town. Don't let that brother intimidate you, man. That dude was like six three. He was oh, big. Yeah, yeah. He's black too, man. He was like blue. <laughs> he scared me. He scared. I rode with I rode with that brother for three years, and then I had to get oh. out. I had to get out. One time he got mad at me. And he had a lead. He had this lead pipe under his bed. He took a swing and it hit the 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 the, the, the brick in the side of the room. Put a hole in the thing, and I was like. No, no, we're not going to be roommates after this. This is it. This is my final year, but you crazy fool. You got to be careful said, with them Charco brothers, man. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, we had yeah, some... well, Didn't you have to lie to him about you being from Philly oh, so you get that respect? Oh, I, I remember we, the first time I met my roommate, doctor. he's now a doctor out in California, Dr. Robert Watts. That's amazing. He is a, he's a psychologist. He was the best thing ever happened to me in my life. He made me put my shoes. I had to put my sneakers regimented. Right by my bed, like this sneaker, this row, this row. Everything had to be clean. You had to make up your bed and everything. And this dude, he 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 was just scary. He was a scary, scary person, man. Wow. I mean, because I mean, I was from I was Bethlehem. I you know, yeah, yeah. North Carolina. I was with all black people. I got to Bethlehem. I was in all white people. Now I get to Boston, and I got it. I mean, he was so black, he was blue. <laughs> You I mean, talk about the man's <laughs> complexion. I mean, like he was that. blue. He was scary. He scared everybody. Nobody messed with him. I went to a party one time. I went to a party, and I accidentally bumped into this dude. We were going to this party, and I accidentally bumped into him, and his wine spilled on his shirt. And he looked at me. He goes, "Oh, you think you're big, big football player? You're you're that guy." And so, my my buddy Bob was standing right behind me, so he was hearing it all. He's not saying a word, and this guy just. I said, dude, it was a, it was an accident. I mean, I, I I didn't mean to spill. It. I said, you uh, stop. I mean, you stop. What do you want me to do? Yeah, don't I bump into it. me. No, I'm drunk. I'm ready to fight anybody. He's ready yep. to fight. And, he, I, and you're the one. Oh no, but with then, your five eight self. Oh, <laughs> he and then then, you then, out. then then I went me. I said, and so he had all his friends around, and so he just kept on talking. I said, so what are you really gonna do? Are you gonna do something? <laughs> and all his friends started coming closer and closer, and Bob stepped in front and started popping the buttons off his shirt. Pop 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 pop. And they were like, oh, no, we're not having any of this. Looking black and then Bernie oh, he, Mac. Oh, he, was, he was born the fight guy from the Bronx, too. Just grew up fighting. He snapped. Oh when those buttons God. snapped, that was it. So I figured now, now I can be a punk the rest of the time here. Because every time anybody, somebody wants to fight me, Bob was going to be around. He's going to take care of business. That's genius. Yeah, but I put that, I put that coat on layaway. You can't layaway. You, layaway is supposed to be for like a month or something. You're not supposed to be laying away stuff for like a year. A year and a couple months. I miss layaway. I never got to experience like, that. You can't lay away rent. I know places <laughs> will lay away rent. You can't lay away the rent. If, if somebody wants the rent, you can't put it on layaway. You got to pay it. You know what I mean? That's one thing you can't do. You just can't do that. That's not allowed. What's the matter with you, man? I'm talking. I got to get to this crap bag. Good grief. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Oh, Buck, you're a fool. Chad's Crap Bag brought to you by AV Consultations. What up, Tom? Hit them up at 512-255-8678 or avconsultations.com. And, yeah, SEC Media Day is going down. We're about to speak to Joe Cook in a few minutes to talk about it. He's up there in Nashville. And they also came out with the media predictions to win the Big 12 East and West. But in the East, Georgia number one. In the West, LSU. You surprised? No, I, I'm taking LSU as my upset team. I shouldn't even take them as an upset team, but I think 
that's going to be the upset team in college football is LSU this year for okay. Brian Kelly. I think in year two. I, he, he surprised in year one. Now, he's not going to sneak up on anybody, but they got the quarterback back. They may have the best defender in college football back and a, and a fantastic guys in the secondary. So I, I, I don't think that'll be a surprise, but I, I, I got them maybe losing one game. Yeah, Jaden Daniels, he oh, was incredible oh, yeah, last was. year. Just another year under Brian Kelly. I expect big things from him, too. It's just always weird not seeing Alabama pick number one. And we talked about it earlier with their quarterback situation. It makes sense. One On one side, you got Jaden Daniels, who's maybe picked to be offensive player of the year mm-hmm. in the SEC. And on the other side, Nick Saban's got a three-man quarterback battle. So that's the difference. And, yeah, I'm very excited to talk to Joe Cook inside Texas. Texas coming up about SEC Media Days. That was our number one of Chad and Zay. Chad Hastings is on vacation. Bucky Gobbold's in the building. I am Zay Collier. Our number two coming up on the horn.